A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Why are you here from England? Oh, I live in D.C. I'm, a, I'm based in D.C. Who do you work for? For the London Times. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Really? Last week, Donald Trump became the first U.S. president, past or present, to be charged with a crime. Trump's reaction was fairly predictable. He came out swinging. But how would the rest of America respond? Do you just fly all around the country? It's going to be like this for the next few, you know, next, Until the next election months, cycle. basically, exactly. Yeah, fly yeah. all around the country for the London Times. Yeah. Hugh Tomlinson did fly around the country, in fact, to meet swing voters in Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, so are you writing for a magazine or a newspaper? Newspaper, yeah, London Times. London, London Times. Times, yeah. Sounds like a big one. It's, um, yeah, it's one of the... Famous not just for being the absolutely swingiest of swing states, but also for its delicious beer. In the wake of this truly historic indictment, what are voters actually saying? So, if yeah. you're a diehard Trump guy, this will not affect you at all. No. If you're, if you're, him angry. He stands up for what's right. Eight years ago now, I liked him a lot more than I do now, we'll say that. So, right. I mean, I've, he's fallen out of grace for me. I mean, I think he should be indicted. This is a trumped-up charge. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Josh Glancy. Today, is Trump's indictment hurting or helping him with voters? I'm Hugh Tomlinson, Washington reporter for The Times and The Sunday Times, based in Washington, D.C., and I've been living in the U.S. now for a bit over a year. So, Hugh, you've been reporting on the uh, quite remarkable spectacle of, of Donald Trump uh, in a criminal courtroom. So take us back to last week, last Tuesday, which, which was a historic day. Well, yes, exactly. At, at around 2.30 p.m. last Tuesday, Donald Trump entered a drab lower Manhattan courtroom. Here he is. It is about five seconds, but five seconds of history uh, in this country. The first time we have ever seen a president, former or current, uh, criminally charged. We know he's already been booked. He is a criminal defendant entering a courtroom in Lower Manhattan, John. In the courtroom itself, he looked diminished. Uh, he was dressed in his, uh, in his usual, his customary uniform, dark blue suit, white shirt, red tie. But he said just nine words during the hearing, including his plea of not guilty. What were they? <laughs> oh, God. Well, two of them were not guilty. I think the others were yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> At times in court, he looked defiant. Other times, he looked rather lost. 
We'd heard reports that he'd been practicing his expression, the expression that he would, and the attitude that he would strike on his way into court, that he might talk to the press before and after the arraignment. But instead, he, he entered the courtroom looking stony-faced with just a wave to his supporters. This indictment includes 34 counts. They are 34 counts that are felonies, and they are falsifying business records. That indictment just unsealed in criminal court. Obviously, no one coming out just yet from those proceedings. They are still ongoing. But as we reported uh, just a few moments ago, David, our understanding is that the former president has pleaded not guilty to all of those counts. So, Hugh... There were 34 felony counts that have been levelled against Donald Trump. What are they and, and how have they been structured? Well, it's, yeah, it's a little complicated. Trump has been charged on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Those charges relate to a $130,000 hush money payment to the porn star Stormy Daniels made days before the 2016 presidential election. The payment was made to Daniels by Michael Cohen, Trump's former fixer and lawyer, and Cohen was in turn reimbursed in instalments by Trump. Those payments to Cohen were recorded as legal expenses on the books of Trump's company, the Trump Organization. Now, the 34 counts themselves break down essentially into uh, multiple parts uh, related to the phony invoices from Cohen, checks paid to Cohen from Trump personally or using his funds, and to ledger entries disguising the payments in the records of the Trump Organization. And Hugh, all of this hinges on someone called Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels. Now, what I remember about Stormy Daniels is that she once nicknamed her breast Thunder and Lightning, but that she also had some sort of encounter with Donald Trump in, in a hotel room. But could you sort of tell us who she is and why she sits at the centre of this historic presidential indictment? This scandal essentially goes back to 2006 when Daniels met Trump at a golf tournament. He invited her to his penthouse where she said they had sex. In her 2018 memoir and in subsequent interviews, she's, uh, she's dropped further pretty extraordinary details, including a claim that she spanked the future president with a copy of Forbes magazine with his face on the cover. Daniels originally tried to sell her story in 2011 when Trump first flirted with running for president. But uh, Cohen threatened to sue at the time and the story went away. In 2015, when he did announce that he was running for president, other women started coming forward. As other women started coming forward, an agent for Daniels contacted the National Enquirer about selling her story again. Cohen paid her $130,000 to buy her silence. Uh, he said at Trump's direction. So, Hugh, my understanding is that a misdemeanor is typically what would be applied for falsifying business records in New York. So why is this being charged as a felony, which is a much more serious charge in the New York legal system? Yes, you're right. Uh, falsifying business records is just a misdemeanor in New York, a lesser crime. Falsifying business records is only bumped up to a more serious felony charge in New York if it was done with the intent to defraud including the intent to commit another crime or to assist or conceal a second underlying crime. Now, the indictment doesn't actually specify what that alleged second crime is. Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney, didn't specify either in his press conference last week. 
But from the indictment and the statement of facts released by Bragg's office, the most obvious second crime is the allegation that Trump conspired with Cohen to pay off Daniels to assist his 2016 campaign, concealing the affair from voters in the final, crucial final weeks before polling day. Okay, Hugh, so let me get this straight in my head. We've got a dizzying 34 counts of falsifying business records, which have been kicked up into felony charges, which would only happen if those crimes were done to conceal another crime. And we don't yet know what that other crime would be, but we suspect it's violating campaign finance laws because the hush money payments were allegedly done to prevent damage to Donald Trump's presidential campaign, which would make them campaign donations. <laughs> have, I, have I got that right? Yes, that's right. This does seem like a very complex case to prove. Now, it, it may be the case that a Manhattan jury isn't likely to be very favourable to Donald Trump, but is it possible here that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan attorney, is is overreaching? I, I've read some liberal commentary in, in papers like the New York Times saying that they weren't very convinced by the case. Are, are liberals worried that this case actually may not stack up in court? They are. Expert opinion seems to be divided. There have been some suggestions that Bragg was right not to sort of include more details in the indictment so that it didn't look like a sort of politicised pylon. I think there's been a view from Trump's enemies that I won't, say, I won't say that the case is not serious. It clearly is serious. But that Trump has more serious investigations stacking up against him that have been gathering pace in the background. Mm. And I think there's been a feeling that there's been disappointment that this is the one to break first. Mm. Now, obviously, you know, case, cases are brought when they're ready. But having this drop first assists Trump's efforts to conflate all the investigations against him as sort of one wider politicised witch hunt designed to scupper his chances at the next election. There was no crime. In fact, a lot of people saying he indicted somebody. There's no crime. That's illegal to do. You know what he did. So I don't see it going. I mean, we'll have to see. So but just to bottom line it, they I mean, the purpose of this is to keep you out of the presidential race. If I weren't running or if I had bad poll numbers, let's say. Right. And again, remember, the Democrats are the party of disinformation. Yes, I think of all Trump's many favourite phrases, witch hunt is, is perhaps the one I've heard most over the years. Um, but we kind of knew that Trump was going to come out swinging against these charges. Uh, I, I suppose we know less about how the rest of America would react to them. Exactly. And it's that that will decide Trump's political future and the outcome of the 2024 presidential race. So in the days since the arraignment, I've headed out to gauge the views of American voters and Trump supporters in particular. Where did you go? I went to Wisconsin and Iowa. Let's start with Wisconsin. Uh, why, did you, why did you choose that? Well, Wisconsin is one of the key battlegrounds that will decide the presidential race next year. Four of the last six presidential elections in Wisconsin have been decided by less than 1%, and the state was key to Trump's victory in 2016 and his defeat in 2020. Uh, and it's also the state that will host the Republican National Convention next year when Trump could be crowned the Republican presidential nominee. So it's a state that's very evenly divided. Democrats dominant in uh, major cities, Republicans dominant in rural areas. I went to Waukesha County, which is about half an hour's drive west of Milwaukee, 
and is one of the reddest counties in America. Trump carried it by more than 20 points in 2020. I think political reporters in America sometimes joke and they call it crucial Waukesha County because it's uh, so often, uh, you know, an important bellwether in the important swing state of Wisconsin. So you're in crucial Waukesha County and who do you find there? How do you go about finding people and what did they have to tell you? How come we don't know about your country? I mean, we obviously know about the royal family. Well, there's a, yeah. <laughs> and, and Harry and me. There's... Absolutely, we're all, we're, yeah, exactly. We're all, we're all royal, we're all royalty in Britain, basically. You understand this. <laughs> oh, you're delightful! Oh my god. So I went to, I, I got there late morning and went out to local diners and restaurants to try and speak to people as they were as they were arriving for lunch. Now he and I have different political. He's my son, obviously. On the Trump, yeah, sorry. He and I are, are very different politically. Right. And in what in what way, Senator? Well, I'm a conservative. Technically. I mean, I'm more of a moderate, but okay. I don't have. The, I can't vote for a moderate, really. So, right. I'm a conservative, I'd say. Okay. Um, and I'm a liberal. You're more liberal. Okay. And what was the vibe? What were, what were people? What was the mood like? You know, were people apathetic? Were they furious? How were they responding to this moment? I think it's fair to say that, uh, that nobody is apathetic about Donald Trump. Okay. And I am pro Biden. And I'm not saying pretending he's the best president we've ever had, but I am pro Biden and I am very anti Trump. Uh, and you are pro Trump. I'm not pro Trump. I don't love the guy. I think he messed up, but I don't love Biden. No, fair I don't enough. Think, I don't think he's much better. Fair, no, fair enough. Um, how did you, can I ask how you voted in 2020 then, and 2016, if you sort of, if you were old enough then, I don't... Both for Trump. Both for Trump, okay. And to, so then, does the, um, does, would the, if you'd known about the Stormy Daniels thing in ahead of the election in 2016... twice. Right. <laughs> okay. So, I guess in that ring. <laughs> Yeah, what is, yeah, what if, I knew, if I knew you were such a player with the ladies, I would have given him two votes. <laughs> I mean, I, sp- I spoke to a mix of people, but uh, obviously Waukesha is a Republican stronghold. Most of the people you encountered had voted Republican all their lives and had voted for Trump. But opinion was very was very mixed on whether they would vote for him yeah. again. Oh, the, the player thing. I mean, he's a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 exactly. I mean... But it didn't change my opinion. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, does it, and does, it, does the indictment change anything looking ahead to next year? Um, Actually, or how you vote in a primary? Yeah, I just, it's, it says it happened so recently, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to let it affect me yet, but it definitely, it's got me thinking, for sure. Yeah. So okay. I, uh, I got to re-go back to my thought-making, or my decision-making paradigm. These were not sort of die-hard MAGA supporters. The people I spoke to were certainly disillusioned by Trump, and disillusioned by Trump's legacy in Wisconsin. Kind of so, conservative, right? Yeah, yeah. Conservative. financially, okay. financially. Gotcha. Okay. But, but that doesn't mean that we just, or for me, I can't speak for him. But I don't just vote Republican. No. Okay. Yeah. Does I mean does the does the indictment change anything for you now? What do you make of it? No, I think he's. I think he was an idiot. <laughs> right. It's just like sometimes you know you pick the. I mean, I think he should be indicted. A lot of the people I'd spoken to were considering other candidates, although they broadly felt that the case against him would all but guarantee him the uh, Republican nomination next year. I think right. you have your 
Trump lovers that just love Trump. Yeah. And just are gonna back him no matter what. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I, I will say this. I don't think it's ever been in our country, ever been so far right and so far left. Yeah. That that's bothersome. Yeah. There was a general sense that people were keen to move on, that sort of people were weary of the chaos that's followed him, and a feeling that, uh, that it will ultimately damage the party. So they're weary of the chaos, but, but sense that his nomination may yet be inevitable despite that. Exactly, yeah. Coming up, we head to Iowa and ponder the question. Could Donald Trump end up running for president from prison? That's just in a moment. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Most people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. So, Hugh, you left Wisconsin behind and then travelled on to Iowa, which is also a very politically significant state. Um, why, why did you choose Iowa? Well, so Iowa is the first state to vote in the Republican primary race next year. I think it's the first week of February. It's a crucial battleground state. All the Trump and all his rivals for the Republican nomination have all been there in the last few weeks because defeat in Iowa can all but end a campaign before it's even begun. Okay, so you arrive in Iowa. Uh, where did you go first? What was your first pit stop on this leg of the tour? Just entered the Good Friday prayer breakfast and uh, Marriott Hotel just outside Cedar Rapids. Um, it's a pretty extraordinary scene here. A couple of thousand people uh, all milling in. Um, and the speakers today include Kevin Sorbo and... Carrie Lake, special guest. I was there to attend a Good Friday prayer breakfast, uh, at which the keynote speaker was Carrie Lake. Thank you so much for that beautiful welcome. Just thank you for all the people Who is a devoted Trump loyalist. She was endorsed by Trump last year when she ran for governor of Arizona in, in the midterms in November. We're in a battle in the court system. We're fighting every day because we want justice and we want the corruption to be rooted out. I find myself waking up saying, thank you for putting me here at this time. Thank you. Thank you for putting all of us here. There's a reason that each and every one of us are here. In this room, in this place, at this time. 
because we are at a crossroads, not just in American history, I think this is even bigger. How many of you think we are at a pivotal moment in all of human history right now? Okay, so you're at this prayer breakfast. I'm imagining silver trays full of congealed scrambled eggs and that sort of thing. But who do you meet there and, and, and what do they tell you? What's their perspective on, on, on this vast news about Trump's indictment? Right, so exactly. I think it's fair to say that the sort of people who attend a, a prayer breakfast headlined by Carrie Lake are pretty devoted Trump supporters. And I duly found several, many... What's your name, sorry? I'm Vicky. Vicky. I, I have a ticket. I'm just coming out for a We're just looking at an autograph collection. Yeah. One woman I spoke to who I'd nabbed when she came over to get Carrie Lake's autograph was a woman called Vicky Froelich, who was absolutely lovely and had this colossal photo album. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is my second book. My first one got full. Right, so sure. my first one has a lot of autographs in it. With page after page of photos of Republican politicians, conservative news anchors, members of Donald Trump's family. She'd got Trump's signature when he was a candidate in 2016, but since he turned president, the Secret Service won't let him sign papers shoved mm. at him by, uh, by fans. Does the, does the indictment change anything in terms of your view of him as a, as a man or as a candidate? And do you think he can win? I think this was a... It was a mis, misdemeanor, mm. what he did, and they upped it to a felony. Yeah. And the... The DA has had many felonies in New York that he has lowered to misdemeanors. You know, he should be protecting his city. This is a trumped-up charge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's absolutely subscribed to that line, that sort of this was politically orchestrated to take him out of the 2024 race and that the Democratic sort of left liberal establishment can't stand how popular Trump is. No, I think we know. This is they have been trying to get him forever. Yeah. They have already investigated him for how many years? About just seven. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it. I think it only makes him more popular because if they can do this to a president, they can do this to anybody. Yeah. It's very scary. There were dissenting voices. Um, you know, I, I spoke to. Again, uh, a man who didn't want to give his full name, a local teacher who was very unhappy. He was unhappy at me asking questions, political questions at a religious event, just as he had been unhappy at Carrie Lake hijacking her speech for political purposes. I know you're from England, but when you make Good Friday political, how do you think as a person of faith, do you think I really want to make today political? No, absolutely, I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when I got him talking... He had voted, had voted Republican all his life, had voted twice for Trump, thought he was, he was going to damage the party. The indictment has changed things among Iowa voters. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's funny because if you look at, you know, you know, Trump's lost three out of the last four elections. At least Trump's candidates, right? Yeah. Trump's policies, Trump's candidates. He's lost three out of four elections. And so you saw DeSantis getting all this traction, right? Yeah. But then you have, then you have this indictment, you know, in New York. And I, I'll be, I'll be straight with you. I'm not a, I don't like Trump. I did vote for him in 2016. I would prefer anybody else with Trump. I wish he would get off the national stage. Yeah. Now that's just my, that's one man's opinion as, yeah. a, as a government teacher. He too felt that. Um, 
The indictment all but guarantees Trump's election as the Republican nominee next year, but fears that it will guarantee his defeat at the general election. I see. So there's a fear that what might happen is that the the indictment solidifies Trump's hold on on the core base, but actually weakens him among the, the general population. Exactly. I don't think there's any doubt that Trump's devoted supporters who depending on sort of what estimate you believe, account for sort of like 30 to 35% of the party, can still win him the nomination. If the Mm. rest of the vote is split between multiple other candidates, that could be enough just as it was in 2016. And the way that even Trump's rivals, including DeSantis, have been cowed by this indictment and forced by Trump and the, the pressure from conservative media to strike this awkward position of offering half-hearted support for him only underscores his, his dominance over the party. But there is clear evidence from the last two elections that Trump and Trump's policies are not popular with a majority of the American people. As people said to me, including this teacher in Iowa, Trump or Trump's candidates or Trump's policies have lost three of the last four elections. While his lead in the Republican race has grown in recent polls, His approval rating nationally is as low as it's been since January 6th when he left office last year. So it may well be the case that the indictment galvanizes support, enough support to sweep him to the Republican nomination and all but guarantees defeat in 2024. So my understanding is that if you are a prisoner in America, you cannot vote. But... If you want to run for president, then you can. So does this indictment raise the quite unprecedented spectre of Donald Trump running for president while in prison? I mean, is that theoretically possible? It is theoretically possible. In theory, Trump could run for president from prison. You would think that uh, that might be enough to force him out of the race, but um, we simply don't know with Trump. It hardly seems imaginable to me. But you pointed out earlier on that actually this may not be the most serious legal threat that Trump faces. What briefly are the other legal threats that he faces? And and are they really even more serious? Is this just the beginning? Yes, they certainly are. And there are multiple investigations that have been gathering pace behind the scenes. The Department of Justice has been conducting two parallel investigations under Jack Smith, the special counsel and former war crimes prosecutor, who is investigating Trump's role in the January 6th riot in 2021, when his supporters stormed the Capitol in a last-ditch bid to try and block Congress from certifying Joe Biden's election victory. There is the investigation into the cache of top-secret government documents that were seized at Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago in August by the FBI. There is the grand jury investigation in Georgia, where Trump was infamously recorded pressuring state officials to find enough votes to swing the result in his way in 2020. And there is the civil trial into alleged fraud at the Trump Organization, which is due to go to court in October. Trump and his three of his adult children are charged with inflating the value of the company's property portfolio to get beneficial loans and deflating it to get tax benefits. And there are, there are others. So this is a a good time to be a a lawyer representing Donald Trump and a a busy time to be a political reporter such as yourself. Exactly, yes. The coming weeks and months, it's fair to say, are going to be pretty chaotic. This is unlikely to be the last time we see Trump in a courtroom this year.
You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Josh Glancy, and my guest, Washington correspondent for The Times and The Sunday Times, Hugh Tomlinson. If you're a subscriber, you can check out all of Hugh's reporting from across the Midwest and more at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. This episode was produced by Taryn Siegel. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by John Scott. If you can, please leave us a review and it will help others to find us. And if you have a story you think we should be covering, an idea for a future episode, or just some thoughts on what you've heard, send us an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. And thanks for listening. Have a good weekend.